0: Folks wondering what happened on July 19th of baseball history? We're going to talk about Tony Gwynn, Horace Wagner, Juan Marichal making their debuts, Thurman Munson having his own little pine tar issues, and Cy Young winning his 500th game. All that and more on this day in baseball history. Take me out to the ball game. Take- be out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack I don't care if I. Never Welcome to Baseball History Daily. Tom, the baseball nostalgia guy uh, bringing you this show today. And I just want to touch base on yesterday's show before we jump into today's. If in case you missed it, we Ty Cobb of the Philadelphia A's collected his 4,000 hit. Floyd Frick kind of talks about the asterisk. Cone's perfect. Willie Mays in his 3000th hit, and Don Mattingly goes yard for the eighth game in a row. Uh, You know, what's cool is with Cohn, Mays, and Mattingly, you can listen to those highlights all on yesterday's show. And the trivia question was, who coined the phrase Harvey's Wallbangers of the late 70s, early 80s Milwaukee Brewers? All over there on yesterday's show. Let's get into today's show, all about July 19th, this day in baseball history. We're all, as always, we're gonna start off with the birthday. In Silent Bob Musel was born on July 19th, 1896 in San Jose, California. He made his major league debut on April 14th, 1920. He was 23 years old and he went 0 for 4. And he was a three-time World Series winner with the Bronx Bombers. He led the league in both home runs with 33 and RBI's 134 in 1925. He drove in 100 plus runs five times uh, during the decade, including as much as 138 in 1921. Uh, when the great teams of the 20s are mentioned, he never gained much not- n- notability. He, I guess he also didn't have a lot of respect to the writers and other players back then, because he also didn't gain any MVP considerations from what I read. But he was a very good player, and he has a obscure record. Uh, he has, he hit three cycles during his career. There's only three other players that did that. John Riley, Babe Herman, and Adrian Beltre. Now there's a lot of debuts today, uh, as I mentioned already, but we're just going to touch base a little bit on Hannes Wagner. Uh, he debuted in 1897. And Bill James said this about him, acknowledging that there have been acknowledging that there may have been one or two whose talents were greater. There's no one who has ever played the game that I would be more anxious to have on a baseball team. That's pretty high love there from Bill James. He was one of the um, one of the greatest players of all time. He was the original five uh, voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, and by many historians, he's certainly considered to be one of the greatest all-around players of the history, certainly the greatest shortstop. Uh, he was a versatile athlete who played uh, every position but catcher during his 21-year career. Uh, he was a dominant player of his time, capturing eight batting titles over a 12-year stretch. He led the National League in numerous other categories during the first decade of the 20th century and one of Wagner's greatest admirers was New York Giants longtime manager John McGraw, who said of the Flying Dutchman, he was the nearest thing to a perfect player, no matter where his manager chose to play him. Uh, we have a fun interview with him uh, where he's hitting infield to the Pirates in the 1930s over at Vintage Baseball Reflections. The link's in the show notes. Definitely recommend uh, checking that out. As I've already mentioned, uh, the last couple of shows, we don't have Robin for another couple days. So you, it's going to be me uh, delivering you the history. Um, but first, we're going to give you some trivia. Who was a member of both the Lumber Company and the South Side Hitmen? I'll let you think about that for a few. I'm going to throw you some hints and the answer is going to be at the end of the show. And now we're going to get to some highlights. Let's talk about baseball history on July 19th. July 19th, 1982, 22-year-old Tony Gwynn makes his Major League debut for the San Diego Padres. In a harbinger of things to come, the future National League batting champion collects two hits against the Philadelphia Phillies. Gwynn becomes a seven-time batting champion. He will play his entire career with the Padres before he is announcing his retirement in 2001. He'll enter the Hall of Fame five years later as one of the best contact hitters that have played uh, certainly in the last 50 years. I had a good, a good fastball to hit and I hit it in the left center. And, and when I hit it, I thought the center fielder was going to catch because he had a good jump and he dove and just missed it and rolled to the wall. And I'm standing at second, and then Pete Rose comes up to me and shakes my hand and, and says, uh, You're trying to catch me after one night, you know, and, and just it, the whole atmosphere of that was just was really nice. Now let's talk about the original Pine Tar. Uh, event that happened on July 19, 1975, where New York Yankees catcher Thurman Munson is ruled out for using an illegal bat that has too much pine tar. The umpire's ruling, which is based on the pine tar exceeding the 18-inch limit, negates Munson's first inning RBI single against the Minnesota Twins, which is why when George Brett had his famous pine tar incident, Munson knew that the pine tar was too high. And on July 19th, 1960, another future Hall of Famer makes his debut, Juan Marichal. Uh, he debuts for the San Francisco Giants, and he has a no-hitter until the seventh inning and winds up with a one-hitter pitching a two-zip victory over the Phillies. Uh, he's going to have a fabulous 16-year career, and he, was, he won the most games in the 60s. And that's uh, when you think of the 60s, we all think of Bob Gibson and Sandy Koufax, but uh, Marichal really was right there with, with them. On July 19th, 1910, Cy Young of the Cleveland Spiders wins his 500th game of his career. 500 games. The 43-year-old future Hall of Famer defeats Washington 5-4 in 11 innings. Young will finish with an all-time record of 511 victories. And a ball from that game can still be found in Cooperstown, New York. Now that's all I got for July 19th, this day in baseball history. Now, before we talk about uh, audio today, let's give, give you some hints for that trivia. In 1973, his first full season as a starting right fielder, he out hit the Hall of Famer he replaced. And unlike his predecessor, he did hit for the cycle. And he also started two, two all-star games, one in left field in 1977, and one in right field in 1978. Who am I? Now today, Uh, Not a lot of uh, games to talk about as far as when we talk about our audio and really dialing back the time. But uh, a couple of cool things to look at. Uh, You could listen to that Harness Wagner interview that we referred to earlier. Again, the links are in the show notes over at VintageBaseballReflections.com. We've got a couple of cool Astro highlights from 1986. And since we've mentioned Cy Young and we've mentioned Harness Wagner... Uh, If you can also dial back to July 12th, um, 1939, the opening of the Baseball Hall of Fame, there's about an hour and 15 minute recording uh, of the radio broadcast of the opening of the Hall of Fame and they interviewed uh, all these great players. It's a really fun listen. Now the trivia I'm sure you've been waiting for. Uh, He played for the Pirates, 1971 to 76, and that was the Lumber Company. Um, And then he also played for the Chicago White Sox in 1977, and they were deemed the South Side Hitmen. Uh, and in his, in his season, uh, he replaced Roberto Clemente in 1973. He had 324. He had a slash line at 324 with a 364 on base percentage and 526 slugging uh, versus Clemente uh, the previous year who had 312 uh, with a 356 on base percentage and 479 slugging. And he hit for the cycle on June 9th, 1974, and Clemente never managed uh, to hit for the cycle. And he started the uh, All-Star Games in 77 and 78, as I mentioned. And who are we talking about? Richie Zisk. Now, who's on deck for July 20th in baseball history? That would be Hank Aaron, who makes his final trip around the bases. Christy Matheson is traded. And Henny Mnouche, a dead ball star, is born. Uh, thanks always to Robin from Robin Says. I know she wasn't on today, but she's going to be back, and we love her highlights. Um, and thanks for Horsehide Trivia. Uh, links in the show notes to their amazing trivia. And all apologies for any names I, I say incorrectly. I'm from Boston. I make no no um, qualms about it. And sometimes my accent will throw off the pronunciations of names. And uh, I hope you forgive any of those mistakes. And until tomorrow, I bid adieu. VintageBaseballReflections.com features a treasure chest of baseball audio. The wonderful thing is the audio isn't a guy like me, or a few talking heads, reflecting on players, seasons, or teams. It is the actual players from that era, announcers from that era, giving you an uncut, unfiltered, unrecent-day stance on what it was like then. These are real-time clips from that era. Now, we encourage you to check out our entire back catalog of baseball audio. And if you like old-time games, and folks, and folks, you are not alone. Join the membership section to enjoy interacting with fans, scoring games with folks just like you, and listening to hundreds of radio broadcasts that were baseball classics. As a special offer to you, type in This Day in Baseball for a discount just for you. And if you enjoyed the show, hit the plus sign to subscribe, follow us on the socials, and above all, share us with your friends who love baseball history just like.